Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode here at Electrical Code Academy Incorporated. My name is Paul Abernathy, and I'm the CEO and founder of Electrical Code Academy Incorporated. And I'm also the inventor and creator of the Fast Tracks system. Now, the Fast Track system is a system that's designed to teach you the National Electrical Code. And unlike any other system, we are very hyper focused on teaching the code and applying it to what you do actually day in and day out in the field. So our fast track system is available. You can go check it out on our website. It is electricalcodeacademy.net um, and you can check it out, but you'll see that we have programs for exam preparation. That's the fast tracks black program. That's also the best overall NEC program. If you're somebody who just wants to get a really good understanding of the NEC and you're not, you don't want to dig down into the weeds like some of our other fast tracks programs, then that's the best one. If you're preparing for an exam, then the black program is the one you want, without a doubt. It's going to cover everything you need to know to practice, uh, uh, to prepare, I guess, for an exam. Um, the only thing it doesn't cover is it doesn't get into local rules, it doesn't get into OSHA, doesn't get into your laws and regulations of your state. That's on you. You need to work those out. And, and usually you can get those uh, which documents you need from your state or the exam prep guide that's available like from PSI, uh, if that's your exam. So remember, our courses are only focused on the National Electrical Code. That's it. That's why we specialize. That's why we're different when it comes to that. We are very focused on the NEC. Now, if you're already licensed and you want to take your game to the next level, we have the Fast Tracks Red, the Green, the Blue, the Purple, and the Yellow. And we have the Orange, which gives you all of our core courses, the black, the red, the blue, the green. Now the red is residential and it really digs deep into residential. It takes you room by room by room, really tests your knowledge. And it's great for companies who wanna get all of their residential electricians on the same page, that's great. The green one is commercial. If you really wanna get a heightened awareness of commercial requirements in the NEC, uh, that's the one for you. If you're trying to make a transition into industrial electrical, then the blue one's gonna be for you. And it's gonna give you all the basic core fundamentals you need to know about the code, but it's gonna kind of be with an industrial slant to it to help you out there. Uh, and of course you have the uh, uh, purple program, which is what we're gonna go over today. We're gonna to do a lesson out of it, but this is dealing with grounding and bonding. It's probably one of the most important programs we have because again, grounding and bonding is so fundamental to understand it that it can go bad so quickly when you don't understand grounding and bonding. So again, it's a great course, self-paced. You have access to it for a year. Take your own pace, go through it, do it as you, at your leisure. Um, and then of course we have our yellow program, which is basically uh, Electricity 101. Just really all the fundamentals of electricity, magnetism, uh, attraction and repel and, and parallel and series circuits and transformer calculations and, and, and the basics of three phase and single phase and windings and all of that stuff that you might say, dude, I really just want to get a refresher on electricity in general, okay? Um, that's what that course is for. Um, and that's a non-graded course that's just a move through at your own pace. And it's a learning course. Of course, you can always reach out to me if you have any questions on any of our courses while you're in the middle of it. If something you don't understand, reach out to me. It's many ways that you can make contact with us. So I'm more than happy to answer. If you're my student, you're in our program, it's very important to that I make sure that you understand the fundamental concepts of the program and that you're learning. That's what my courses are about. So as you saw with the title of the intro, we're going to be talking uh, grounding and bonding today. And more specifically, we're going to be talking about 
what do you do with bonding when you're dealing with an over 250 volts to ground application? So kind of a quick summary. When I'm doing normal bonding uh, on feeders and brand circuits, I don't really think about doing anything extra, right? I use the proper fittings, proper raceway. If I pull a wire type equipment ground, I, I make the connections uh, according to 250.8, proper termination. I size them based on 250.122 for my wire type equipment ground. I bond everything together, uh, bonding jumpers where necessary. I don't have to do anything special. Uh, we're used to that. It's ingrained in us. Now, when it comes to services, that's a little different because services require us to do something that's kind of insured, a little extra step that we have to take. And so where do we get the rules for that? That is 250.92B, and you'll have a B1, B2, B3, and you'll have the different things that you need to do uh, in order to make sure that, that all those metal parts that enclose those service entrance conductors, all of that is bonded properly on the supply side, right? So that's what 250.92 is kind of all about. But when it comes to the load side, you're just going to follow the normal practices, the normal listed fittings. You're going to all your equipment grounds, terminate them accordingly, and everything's bonded. You're good and you're happy. But what happens when you run into a situation and you're in a commercial environment and you're dealing with a 277 480 volt system? Uh, or a 480 volt system where you have one leg to ground would be 480 volts. All of those, both, well, both of those situations are an over 250 volts to ground situation, right? Um, a 122.40 is 120 to ground. A 208.120 is 120 to ground. Uh, a 244.80 volt is 240 to ground, all of which fall where? Under 250 volts. So when it comes to the over, anything that is over, so we're not talking 250 volts or less, we're talking anything over 250 volts to ground, if any of the phase conductors measure that, then guess what? We got to do something a little bit more, just like what we do with services when it comes to the bonding. And we're doing this because we're making sure all of these metal enclosures, all these metal raceways that contain those feeders and brand circuits are all bonded together properly. Okay. Again, we got to make sure that we're going to clear an overcurrent protected device. So we have this extra level of assurance that we have to do. So that's what we're going to look at today and kind of break it down a little bit easier. So let's go on and get into the course. And I will go on and get where we need to be. And let's see here. We'll go get kind of in our, oops, there we go. So we're in 250.97, all right? Now it looks like it's a little bit big right now. So let me go on and, and drop this down so you can see it. I might have had it a little bigger earlier for a lesson I was doing. Okay, so here's what we're talking about. Well, one, I want you first to make sure that you have your code book. Um, I've got my code book right here. Um, we're working out of the 2020 edition. So 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code. And if you're in the 2017 edition and you're watching this and you're thinking, am I going to get anything out of this? Uh, well, when I look at 250.97... And the 2020 edition, I'm looking and I don't see anything grayed out. And I don't see any, any margins. So again, this is going to apply to you as well. So again, no need to worry. Perfectly fine in this episode, regardless of what edition you're in. Same rules are going to apply. So we don't have to worry there. 
All right, so let's kind of look at the requirements. So if you got your code book, let's look at 250.97 and I'll read what's on the screen and, uh, and we'll discuss it. So the requirement, remember we're dealing with over 250 volts to ground in the bonding that's required that you have to do. It says for circuits of over 250 volts to ground, the electrical continuity of metal raceways and cables with metal sheathing that contain any conductors other than service conductors. Remember, we're not talking about that. That's 250.92. We're talking about feeders and branch applications here. Is required to be insured by one or more of the methods specified for services in 250.92B, except for B1. Now, B1 is where you can make it use the grounded conductor to bond enclosures and things on the supply side. Obviously, we can't do that. We're talking about load side, and that would be an improper case to neutral, create objectionable currents, and we don't want to do that. So we can't obviously use B1. So we can use the other ones, though. So if you were to look at it, you're going to see that there's, okay, so we can't use B1, but there's a B2, there's a B3, there's a B4, right, that we can follow, be able to utilize this. All right, so we know that. So now let's kind of get into a discussion. The system to which this rule applies are 480, 277 volt, three-phase, four-wire systems, whereas obviously 277 to ground would be over 250 volts to ground. So obviously 250.97 is going to apply, right? That's a no-brainer. Um, but there are systems where, again, this isn't going to apply, that you can just follow your normal practices that you normally do every day, day in, day out, your lock nuts, your connectors, your fittings, follow your normal. Those are the 280, 120-volt systems where it's 120 to ground. That doesn't is not over 250. Um, it would be 120, 240-volt single phase where, again, 120 to ground would not be over 250. Um, or the 240, 480-volt single phase where the 240-volt to ground is also not over 250 volts to ground. So in those applications, just do as you normally would. Use your fitting, use your lock nut at the box or cabinet, have at it, uh, and go for it, okay? Not a problem. Now, as it says, you see where it says the normal. It says normal building methods, oh, excuse me, normal bonding methods are considered adequate for most circuits. So just do your normal thing. Special assured bonding is required for some systems and circuits. Now, we talked about what's required for services. That's the 250.92, so we kind of briefly talked about that. And I should also mention, I do have a video that talks about all those bonding requirements for services and really goes in depth in 250.92, but it's not available to the general public. It's by membership only. So you have to go to my website, electricalcodeacademy.net, and you'll see a membership tab up at the top. You join for $9.99 a month. You can cancel at any time. You get access to hundreds of videos. You get access to the rebroadcasts of our Wednesday night fast track sessions to, to help you learn as we learn as a group. Um, there's tons of podcasts that are exclusive. They're only available to members. Okay? It helps support our channel. It helps support the company. So if you're interested in showing your patronage in that and wanting to support us, I think it's less than $120. I think it's $119 a year you get access to all of it. Plus any webinars we do, you get exclusive access to those as well. Uh, and there's a great 12-hour grounding and bonding series inside 
of those exclusive membership area that's, again, only available to subscribers. So check that out if you're interested in that, okay? We do go in depth. <coughs> okay. So services require a little extra, as we talked about. Obviously, the second one you see here is over 250 volts to ground. That's what we're talking about today. And of course, hazardous locations and 250.100 have some other requirements that you'd have to meet. And of course, the wiring methods that are listed in chapter five, whether it's 501, 502, 503, or what have you, they've got their own wiring methods and the listing requirements that you have to follow. Again, all of those things. So all of those areas have enhanced bonding requirements, okay? That over and above the normal bonding that you would do for a normal branch circuit or a normal feeder application, okay? So we're gonna look at that. Now, for these over 250 volts to ground circuits, the purpose of this additional insured bonding is to eliminate the shock hazard created by that higher voltage. Equipment can be energized by the fault that is downstream from an open or a broken connection or connector or coupling, okay? Now, such a condition can result in hazardous shock exposure to any person that comes in contact with that downstream because it creates differences of potential between the two touch points. And in many cases, that voltage can be as high as 277 volts or even higher, depending on the system that you're, you're dealing with. So there is an elevated hazard. <coughs> so keep that in mind. And again, I tell people all the time, bonding is critical. Making those connections properly, making sure those fittings are done right, all of that's essential to a safe system, and it provides an effective low-impedance ground-fault current path back to clear an overcurrent-protected device, and that's what we're trying to do, okay? Now, that's what your equipment ground does. When you're bonding all of these Reseways uh, together and all these boxes together, uh, you're trying to reduce differences of potential. Okay, so but one thing to keep in mind is some of these raceways might be part of that effective ground fault current path. So that's why, again, I reiterate, making those connections are truly important, and taking a little extra pride in making those connections really are going to go a long way for a safe system. Okay, now. Hopefully you got your code book because I'm not going to go away from the screen, but you will need to look at your code book. So this is interactive. I want you to pause this, this video, go get your code book, open it up to 250.97 and follow along with me because I don't want to pull away from the screen. It's going to be some important information on here that we want to discuss. Okay. All right. So let me kind of go down a little bit and we'll now look at the exception. Now, when we say exception, what do we mean? Well, we mean that we're going to have an exception to the general rule of the insured bonding, okay? We're, we got an exception to that requirement because it already said anytime you're dealing with something that's over 250 volts to ground, you got to do a little something extra. Well, we're getting ready to give you an exception, and this exception says, you know what, if these conditions exist, don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Bond it like you normally would if it was less than, if it was 250 volts to ground or less. Just do the norm. That's what this exception is trying to say, okay? So let's look at this exception. And one of these exceptions may apply to your condition. All right, so let's assume that I have a system that is over 250 volts to ground. So let's say it's a 
277 480 volt system. The exception says if oversized concentric or eccentric knockouts are not encountered, means they're not there at all, okay? They're not there at all, or where a box or enclosure with concentric or eccentric knockouts is listed to provide a reliable electrical bonding connection, the following methods are permitted. Okay, so if I've got, let's say commercial, I've got a cabinet and my panel board's inside the cabinets. Usually they're like stainless steel. You get them there. There's no knockouts on them. So you're going to punch your holes. You punch them out yourself. Hey, if that's what I'm doing and I punch out the right size, I don't oversize it and end up having to do a reducing washer. That would be a problem because then I'm going to need a bonding jumper. But if I knock it out and it's the right size for the raceway that I'm installing, then guess what? I can use one, two, three, or four here listed here, and I don't have to do anything extra, right? So that's what that says. But what if I do have a box, and that box's KOs are designed for over 250 volts to ground applications? And they have to be listed for that if it's what you're dealing with. Okay, so what if I get one of those boxes that is rated that way? Okay, here's what it says. As long as that box is listed for that, for that reliable bonding connection, then I can use, number one, threadless couplings or connectors for cable with metal sheathing. So that's kind of the push-in connectors, perfectly fine. Again, remember, that box is rated for it. Number two, I can do rigid metal or intermediate metal as long as I have a lock nut on either side. Perfectly fine. So whether if there was no KOs and I punched it, that's typically what you would do with rigid anyway, right? You come to it, you have a lock nut on the outside, a lock nut on the inside, tighten it up, you're done. Don't have to do anything, okay? Even if the KOs were there, but that box is listed to, a sh- to for that reliable uh, electrical bond, okay, listed box for that, then I still would be able to bring rigid or intermediate and just put a lock nut on the outside inside. I'd still be okay, perfectly fine. The third one is fittings with shoulders that seat firmly against the box or cabinet, okay? Uh, such an, such as EMT, electrical metallic tubing connectors, they usually have a flat side to it. Flexible metal conduit connectors, FMC, same concept, usually have a flat side to that connector that goes flat against the cabinet or the box, okay? Making that surface area connection. Um, and of course, it requires that I have one lock nut on the inside of the box, and cabinet, okay? So this basically means, look, if I have a cabinet for my panel board in a commercial environment and I punch a hole, then I don't have to do anything different. I just make sure that if I'm using EMT, that I use a fitting that's listed because they're required to be listed. The doc six requirement for all of those wiring methods require listed connectors and fittings. So it makes a connection to the cabinet. The EMT goes into it. You set screw it down properly. Everything is done, I'm done. I don't have to do anything. No bonding jumper required, okay? Uh, now, if I have a box with, with the KOs on it and they are rated for over 250 volts, then I'm still okay to bring the EMT with the connector to that box and not have to have any bonding jumpers. It's perfectly okay because those KOs are rated for that application, right? Makes sense? 
Now, that's not to say that I can't use a regular metal box, but if it has concentric or eccentric KOs and it's not rated for over 250 volts to ground, but the circuit I'm bringing there is, then I'm going to have to have bonding jumpers. Unless I can remove all of those KOs and I have the pure hole like it was punched, and then I would still need what? A bonding jumper? No, I would not if it doesn't have any of those KOs there. You with me? Okay, so it's, it's one of those things that you gotta, you gotta kinda look at it. Now I will tell you that most of the cabinets that we have with KOs that are already there in a concentric or eccentric, um, they're probably not rated for over 250 volts to ground. So you need to check with the manufacturer. I'm not into the business of saying every one of them. I'm sure somebody out there will say that's the case. Um, I'm just telling you to check. When in doubt, use bonding jumpers, okay? Okay, um, the next thing would be listed fittings. So again, if I encounter a cabinet or a box with all the KOs out, it's a punched hole, there's no concentric or eccentric uh, knockouts there, it's not been oversized with reducing washer, it's the right size fitting for the right size KO, then I can use a listed fitting for whatever that wiring method is, and I'm done. I don't have to do anything. I don't need bonding jumpers on that, okay? Now, anytime that I encounter concentric or eccentric or reducing washers, and the box and those are not rated for over 250 volts to ground, the, the KOs or the box itself or the cabinet itself, then I'm gonna need bonding jumpers, flat and simple, okay, to make this work, all right? Okay, um, also I'll just kind of give you some reminder because it does say that you meet the requirement, you would meet, other than this exception, it's telling you to meet the requirements of 250.92, B2, 3, and 4 are options for that. And I just wanna look at that. So if you got your code book, okay, and this is not using the exception, okay, this is saying, if the exception didn't apply, then I have to use one of the methods in 250.92, B2, 3, and 4 because I can't use B1 because that is a connection to the grounded conductor. And we don't do that on the load side of the service disconnect without some exceptions. So if you look at 250.92, B2, 3, and 4, uh, number two is covering threaded couplings and listed threaded hubs. That is like the hubs that go into the top of a cabinet, thread into it. That connection to the box, usually with bolts, is fine. Uh, number three is threadless couplings and connectors if made up tight for metal raceways and metal clay cables. Example of things like Meyer hubs and things like that that are listed for that application, those would be okay. Uh, and because they're listed here, those would have to be listed for service entrance applications because they're listed under, they're, they're given under 250.92B, right? And we're talking services. Uh, so you got that. And of course, number four says other listed devices such as bonding type lock nuts, bushings, or bushings with bonding jumpers. I will tell you, you could only use a bonding type lock nut if you removed all the concentric or eccentric knockouts and your fitting and everything was perfectly sized for that hole. Okay, if that was the case, then you can use a bonding type lock nut, even in a service application. If you're not dealing with any KOs at all, okay? Or any reducing washers at all. Otherwise, you're gonna need bonding jumpers, okay? So these rules still apply if you're dealing with 250.97 and the exception doesn't apply. Where the exception does apply 
is essentially where it says, look, you have no KOs. It's a perfectly punched hole. It's the perfectly right size for the fittings. I'm good. You're fine. No problem. Or if my box or cabinet is rated, and these KOs are rated for over 250 volts, then I'm still okay to use any of these methods here because of the rating of that box and those KOs. I'm perfectly okay there, and I wouldn't need a bonding jumper if you follow these rules. Make sense? Okay. All right, so now what I want to do is look at the discussion and read it and, and you know, and kind of, it helps elaborate on this discussion. So let me make sure I, I get that down so you can see it. And we've got an image that we can look at here. So the discussion. This exception has become the rule for these installations. Few installations of these over 250 volt circuits are made with service type bonding, such as bonding bushings with bonding jumpers or bonding type lock nuts. Most installations include cable connectors or EMT connectors with a shoulder on the outside uh, on the outside and a lock nut or a snap-in connector that does not require a lock nut. Okay, as so we saw those in the list. Uh, for a metal box with servo wiring methods connected without a bonding jumper being required. And remember, let's look at this graphic because this is where we're going to kind of hammer all of this home and use this example of the box to kind of hammer that. So let's assume this box was a standard knockouts. Okay. If there are standard knockouts in it, then I'm going to need, and it's over 250 volts to ground, I'm going to need a bonding bushing with the jumper. Okay. It's uh, just a no-brainer, right? Now, if I remove all of the KOs from it, and it's the proper size, and I'm not using a reducing washer, then guess what? I'm okay as long as I follow one of the methods listed in 1, 2, 3, 4, of the exception in 259.97. And of course, what are we going to use? We're going to use a listed fitting for the wiring method of choice, uh, and we're going to be okay. Now, if I use rigid, as you can see here, if it was a rated knockout, again, rated for over 250 volts to ground, um, then all I need is a lock nut on either side, and I'm okay. Um, also, if it is a rated knockout and I'm using EMT, I'm okay with those knockouts in place as long as I use a fitting that's seated firmly against the side because that knockout is rated for over 250 volts to ground, right? Now, if this box was not, and these were standard knockouts again, and I'm coming into it with an EMT and my conductors in it are over 250 volts to ground, then what I'd have to do is what? Not take out all of the KOs in order for it to go in and not need a bonding jumper. However, if I bring it through a concentric or eccentric KO and they're not rated for over 250 volts to ground, but the conductors inside of that EMT are over 250 volts to ground, let's say a 277 circuit, then guess what? I'm going to need bonding jumpers because those are standard knockouts. They are not the ones that are at the higher rating for that type of enclosure. So that's kind of a synopsis of everything. And that box kind of allows me to be able to, to talk about that type of thing, okay? All right, so we're going to go a little bit lower and we'll wrap this thing up here. All right, so outlets or junction boxes are commonly available, again, with eccentric style knockouts that are listed for direct connection to over 250 volt brand circuits without a bonding jumper. They're very common. Now, typically, you're going to see these in the 
eccentric. That is the ones that kind of go out from an off-center knockout and it kind of have the little tabs, so it's kind of like half moons. Whereas the concentric are in the middle and every ring is just concentric out. So the ones like you see in the screen, and it might be hard for you to see, you have the offset center knockout, which is typically the half trade size. And then the next one is a half moon and a half moon. Those are eccentric. Um, and those are typically what you're going to see when the box is rated for branch circuits or feeders for over 250 volts to ground applications. That's typically what you're going to see. Now, I'm not going to say always. Make sure you check the box. But that's typically what you're going to see in that application. Okay. So, again, the importance of this rule is not all boxes are required to be listed. That's important, too. But, again, when you look at 250.97 and you look at this rule, then you're going to notice that it says, in the exception, it says, or where a box enclosure with concentric or eccentric knockouts is listed, listed, okay, to provide a reliable bonding connection. So you got to check the box, okay? And like I said, most cabinets that we see with the KOs on them, chances are those are not eccentric. More often than not, those are concentric. And chances are those aren't rated for that application. But then again, most of those panels that they're in are going to be like a 122 40-volt panel. They're not typically rated or a 122.08. So they don't need to have that rating on it. Uh, and that's why a lot of commercial panels you buy have no knockouts in it. Because those, you're going to punch the right size you need. So you have to be aware of that. Now, remember, if you screw up and you oversize the knockout and you put a smaller raceway into it or smaller connection into it, then you're going to have a, a reducing washer. Then that's an impairment. Then the exception is not going to apply, and you're going to have to do a bonding jumper for that. Okay? So um, just the kind of things to think about in your installation. Hopefully, I've made that as... As, as simple as I can for you to in order to give you a summary. When you have a system where you have one of the phase conductors is going to be to ground over 250 volts, like a 277, 480 volt, you got to do a little something extra. A little something extra. Okay. Now, if you go to a cabinet or box and the fitting that you use for the wiring method and the knockout is just 100% purely sized properly, there's no concentric or eccentric rings in it, and guess what? You don't do have to do anything special if you're using a listed fitting for that application. Um, if you're dealing with a box or cabinet that does have concentric or eccentric, right, and you've got a over 250 volts to ground system, whereas one of the phases to ground is over 250 volts, then you have to look at it and see, are those KOs rated for this? And if they are, then I just use a listed fitting and go on my way or a rigid or intermediate lot nettle to either side, go on my way, okay? Or maybe you remove all the knockouts and you put the proper size connector in it and then you can get away with, because you don't have any KOs at that point. That's why it's so important to read it. So again, if this is confusing for you, slow down a bit, go back and look at 250.97 and really see whether or not it applies to you. If you have any questions on this episode, you know what you can do. Go over to paulabernathy.com. That is the portal where I allow you to ask, ask me any question you want. So maybe you refer to this episode and put in the comments and you'll say, hey, Paul, can you explain this in your 250.97 video? And I'm more than happy to go in more detail and explain it to you. 
So hopefully you've got something out of that in today's episode. And uh, uh, until next time, stay safe. God bless.